Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi. It's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, there's lots of free healthy stuff there for you as well. <laughs> you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E. Com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, I'm giving away free signed books of your choice. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well. That's all. And my team and I, no matter when you listen to this episode, every month, my team and I will be going through the reviews on Apple Podcasts and randomly picking a winner and reaching out to you personally and seeing which book you want, who you want me to sign it to. And I will personally send out the book of your choice, any one of the three and counting. So you can leave your Instagram handle on the podcast review if you want, or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Rokul and screenshot the review and just say, hey, I left review. Either way is completely fine. I will be randomly picking winners every month. All right, let's get to today's guest. I've known this guy for a long time. Great human being. His name is Abel James. Abel is a New York Times bestselling author. He's a musician. He's an online creator. He is the host of the award-winning Fat-Burning Man Show, rated as Apple's number one health podcast in eight countries with over 50 million downloads and counting and over 2,000 five-star reviews. Stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end, I'll answer another one of your burning health questions and then ask me anything. All right. This is Abel James, Art of Being Well. Abel James, I'm so pumped this is happening. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. People have to check out your podcast to hear our, my ear and I's conversation there. What's the name of the podcast for people if they want to hear that? It's called The Fat-Burning Man Show. 
You can find it at fatburningman.com or wherever you find podcasts, audio, video, all that. Two fat burning men talking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> talking life. Right now. <laughs> this is part two. So I have so many things that I want to geek out with you about and pick your brain about. You are a wealth of information of all things health, wellness, biohacks, so many far-reaching topics in this space. We'll use this time uh, to finally have the chance to, to do so. Let's talk about biohacking. There's so many up-and-coming things or things that really are maybe having its moment in the zeitgeist for, for uh, and people are wanting to hear about it and learn about it. And you experiment with all these wellness tools in your life. Let's talk about, first of all, about CGMs. I get asked this a lot, continuous glucose monitors. Yeah. And you did some experiments with this. So what, what was your experience with that? I'll just start with the short answer, which is if you have the resources to, to go after that and you have anything that you're working through or you just want to know a little bit more about your health, performance, exercise, recovery, all sorts of different things. For a few hundred dollars, there are all sorts of different technologies that you can try that really work exceptionally well if you put them to good use. And CGM or monitoring your glucose, your blood sugar is really exceptionally helpful, I find. And the thing that it taught me more than anything else, not just testing on myself, but also talking to a lot of other people who geeked out on it and got kind of like early versions of the apps and the different software and devices to try, is that we are all totally different. We can eat the same food, the same amount at exactly the same time with the same amount of sleep in the same place, all that, and have completely different reactions to exactly the same food. In fact, on a different day, like depending on if it were it was my my rest day or a day of high activity or like a big exercise session with, followed by a refeed, my own body would have ridiculously different reactions to exactly the same foods, especially carbs. So it's really important to kind of just not take the one size fits all dogma and go diet to diet and be like, oh, this didn't work for me. It only worked for a little while or whatever it is. Like try to go a little deeper and actually do some of these experiments on yourself. Yeah. So is there any specific CGM that you like over other ones? What's been your favorite way to use this tool? Well, it's interesting because the device itself is kind of a widget at this point. It's like a commodity. Mm -hmm. and, and the companies who I've been in touch with are mostly software companies that are focusing on how to make the data actionable. And so there are a number of companies that are doing that pretty well uh, at this point. And the devices themselves, you know, I, I did geez, more than 10 years ago, uh, even though I'm not diabetic, I was, I was interested in tracking my blood glucose and especially as a musician playing a lot of different stringed instruments getting through the callus to draw blood for that type of testing just like did not work well for me at all i had to make some sacrifices either for my playing or just like sitting there for a half an hour trying to get through the skin it just didn't work well so in contrast the new devices are less invasive in a certain way in the sense that you just kind of put this one almost tiny saucer onto your arm with a sticker on it. And there's a filament that goes into the interstitial fluid. And it's a little, little bit of a prick on your arm, usually just once. And then you replace it, you know, every seven, 10, 14 days. So some of the devices are different. And, and also I would encourage people because there are two sides of this, not to go too deep and go too crazy with all these numbers. Cause if you're not actually putting it in the, in the action, it doesn't do anything for you. It could just drive you crazy. So it's always about balance. And I like 
tracking myself sometimes and being very intentional about it and then doing the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good to give yourself both sides of that. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So that's a really good point. I think that not driving yourself crazy and how do you use this data for good and not become obsessive or anxious anxious about it. So yeah. what what's your experience what's your recommendations I guess for people that are are wanting to get into this but want to do it in a healthy way to, to get some information. Is it just using it for a finite period of time and then dropping it because yeah. you've learned? Was that that's good advice? Yeah. I would say so. They have their own breaks, these devices, because a lot of them are somewhat expensive if you want to use them all the time. They're not really meant to be used all the time for people who are just interested in kind of troubleshooting or or hacking their performance, as opposed to actual medical issues where this all comes from, or most of this comes from. I think it's important to be healthy about it. There are different ways of using this sort of thing. You know, I've been wearing a smart ring for geez, ever since the prototype came out so many years now, and then, you know, smartwatches before that. And I'm going to be honest, most of these devices wind up, I'm looking at a box over there. It's just full of all of these old biohacking things, right? I think most of them are meant to be used temporarily. New technology comes out, you know, there's even a new version of this ring. And and I think the watch that I use is GPS. There are new versions coming out all the time. It's not always worth upgrading, but with each generation, it's incredible the level of specificity that you can Mm -hmm. get to, whether it's looking at your heart rate, heart rate variability, or tracking your body's just kind of health metrics over time. It's been really useful for me, especially tracking body temperature to preempt. Basically, I'll cut myself off from a big expenditure of energy or a big workout or a big workday and say, ah, no, my body temperature's up. Doesn't look like I'm doing well. I need to kind of take a rest day right now. I can't like push it to Sunday or something. Mm-hmm. It's a good excuse to kind of rearrange your life around, around real things that are happening in your body. And so if you're able to measure those and you don't drive yourself too crazy, then I think making a few small investments is really, really worth it for most people. But keep in mind, you don't have to do it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Feeling stressed lately? I've got an insider secret just for you. You can beat stress before it beats you by making your gut health a priority. See, your gut actually produces 95% of your happy hormones. So the fastest way to feel calm, cool, and collected is to give your gut some TLC. My go-to for clinically proven gut support is Just Thrive Probiotic, and here's why. Just Thrive products have more clinical research than just about any else in the industry. For me, that means no guesswork. Truly effective, award-winning, happy hormone power. And for next-level stress-busting, you need to check out Just Thrive's breakthrough new product, Just Calm. In a recent four-week trial, Just Calm's proprietary ingredients reduced perceived stress, improved memory, diminished fatigue, and even encouraged focus and flow. This is true stress management built for our modern stress-filled world. Just Thrive is changing the game in the supplement industry. No fake marketing, no claims, just real scientifically proven results. Don't miss the episodes. I had the amazing team at Just Thrive on The Art of Being Well twice to go back and listen to those episodes to hear more about this groundbreaking company. If you're ready to up your game and feel your best, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo or any of their other scientifically proven products when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code WILLCOLE at checkout. Again, that's justthrivehealth.com 
and use code WILLCOLE at checkout for that 15% off. People age at different speeds, and the date on your license may not represent your inner biological age at all. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the keys to health and your longevity run in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce your stress, improve your sleep, and optimize your health for the long haul. It was created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, your DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise for your body, the right nutrition for your body, and supplementation for your body. It's bio-individuality at its best. I love it so much. What I also love about Inside Tracker is what they call Inner Age 2.0. Add Inner Age 2.0 to any plan for a definitive calculation of your true biological age. You're going to be shocked by the results. You can see how you're aging from the inside out. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. Or you can use code WILLCOLE at checkout for that 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Hey, girl, hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Something you you mentioned right now, heart rate variability, that was my list of things to get your thoughts on. What's, can you define that for people? Many people ask, you know, what that is. They don't know clearly what that is, but HRV and HRV training too. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, there are a lot of really complicated ways of explaining it. And honestly, I'm not the best one to explain the more scientific thinking around a lot of this, which is based on real data, real you know studies that and, and poking around and N equals one that goes back many, many decades. So when I, I tend to think of it as looking at and many of the devices and apps do as well, by the way, more the health of your heart. How is your heart doing? It's not just about your resting heart rate or your VO2 max or what your heart rate is looking at when you're really at the at peak activity. It's about all of those things. It's about the aggregate. It's about the, you have to look at a, a number of different metrics and looking at the different heart rate pieces of data can be really useful. That's what I did a whole lot of about a decade ago when I was really into marathon training and it helped enormously with whether it was during training, after training, recovery, looking at sleep and that sort of thing. But now, since you can get this more aggregate data of what does your recovery look like? What does your heart rate variability, which is kind of looking at, is your heart in a stressed physiological state or not is the way that I like to think about it because thinking about the space between the beats and the frequency and all of that can get really complicated yeah. when we're thinking of hearts, especially for generalists like me. 
and, and like a lot of listeners out there as well, I think it's important to look at the different systems of the body with a top-down view in order to make real decisions based mm-hmm. on what's going on. So one thing that I can share just on a personal basis is how it, when I started looking at not only my heart rate, but also my heart rate variability and, and also the patterns of heart rate variability tracked over time, what that graph of data looks like can be interpreted in different ways. Are you? But it leads to the same thing. Are you well recovered or not? And that's really what we're looking for. And so if I drink one or two beers, especially low alcohol beers or wines, if I just have one or two, actually one or two, not just saying one or two, right? But like actually <laughs> one or two, <laughs> then no big deal. I might see it a little bit on my resting heart rate might go up like one or two beats or something like that. But if, if we start talking over the course of a night, you know, the wine is flowing, all of a sudden you've had four or five, six glasses of wine or, or beers or whatever, or over the course of the of the night. I cannot hide from that. And my resting heart rate goes up 10, sometimes 15 beats per minute from like 38 or 40 up to above 50 sometimes. And so it really showed me the value of moderating, not just in a squishy way, not just from the kind of the psychology around all that, but looking at, oh my God, that is hurting my heart. Heart rate variability, no matter what it means, this is bad. Like look at what happened the next day compared to the day before. Also look at what giant expenditures of energy and stress do to your body. That was another huge learning when I looked at heart rate variability combined with my blood glucose combined with, that's not enough data or it wasn't for me. What happened was my blood glucose shot up on a day where I hadn't eaten, I hadn't exercised, I tried to track it back and I'm just like, what? My heart also was having some like issues, not serious medical issues, but it was just like something was off. And I, I looked at the day and I tracked it back to like my calendar and I'm just like, oh, I didn't eat. I didn't exercise. I got really mad. <laughs> I got really mad. Yeah. And that's the thing that just totally tripped my body out. And sometimes that can have more of an effect than sitting down, eating an entire pizza or running a marathon. Like this also has a magnificent and horrible effect or somewhere in between on our days, the way that we feel our results and our recovery. It's it, we really have to look at a lot of this. And I think that's one good reason to track whether you're looking at your heart rate, just tracking steps or whatever it is, have fun with it. But I will caution people. And, and you probably saw the research as well, looking at Fitbits and, and some of these it, people who had been tracking their steps for a long period of time, or even a short period of time, tended to actually gain weight in aggregate a lot of the time mm-hmm. because they looked down and they're like, oh, 15,000 steps. Looks like I deserve that Cinnabon today. <laughs> Therefore, so we need to be careful not to play tricks on ourselves. <laughs> for sure. So you mentioned some of the things that can hurt our heart rate variability, like stress, alcohol, yeah. sleep can impact that. I've seen caffeine, people having too much caffeine in the day could impact their HRV. Are there any other things that you can think of that could hurt our HRV and we could look at how it's serving us or sabotaging us? Well, certainly environmental toxins are a real thing as well. And in my own personal life, I wish this weren't true, but black mold and mold has been an issue several times. And it's really by tracking these sorts of pieces of data where you can find that something's off, whether it's an infection that your body is battling with, where your body temperature goes up and your heart rate is a little bit off. And it, you know, it's, everyone is a little bit different, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's more about 
learning what your own patterns are and hopefully working with a team ultimately as well to yeah. do this. But looking at what is something, it, are things going well in life? And if things are going well, keep on trucking. But if they're not, if is there something off? This is a question you always want to be asking. And then yeah. if it is, is it something in your environment? Is it something that your body is working through in terms of an infection. And we all, that's, that's another really interesting piece is that we all get little bugs here and there. Most of the time we don't even notice because we heal before it's yeah. really an issue. But that's another thing is if you do notice that something is off, then, then tap the brakes there and give yourself that little bit of recovery, maybe a little bit of extra food or extra fasting. It, it all totally depends. And that's mm -hmm. an important piece to always remember, but let's see what else toxins in your food, your water environment can certainly set things off. Alcohol, pharmaceutical drugs, and many, many other things that we're still discovering, I'm sure, will yeah. take your body out of a healthy equilibrium. And that's really the challenge over time is dealing mm -hmm. with all these curveballs. Yeah. I, I, you brought up a great point that I use that word stress to patients and I have to clarify because they think just mental, emotional, external stressors and they think yeah. I'm fine. Like I'm not a, in a stressful period of my life and really educating them about this, that physiological stressors, like things going on in your body will impact same the bodies just as much as external stressors and vice versa. Um, that bi-directional relationship between the both and mold is one of those underlying things that keeps the body stuck in that sympathetic fight or flight stress state, which will throw off things, not just HRV, but many things throughout the body. So going to another biohack here that is, you know, speaking of mold, this is a tool that we use clinically for patients with chronic infections and biotoxins like mold is the realm of photobiomodulation and red light therapy. Can you talk about that? Like what that term means for people and why we should consider looking into it? Yeah. Photobiomodulation is the fancy way of talking about infrared and near infrared or, or those red light panels that you've seen. There are lots of red light devices that have been coming out, thankfully, in the past few years, making it much more affordable and accessible to people. But it's actually a technology that's been around for a very long time and has been used to grow plants and grow animals and help heal skin and all sorts of processes within the body. But I'm going to be honest, like when I first got, you're in a similar position of getting a lot of things sent to you, even biohacking tools, even the expensive mm -hmm. ones sometimes, right? Yeah. And they're like, hey, take this for a test drive. I swear to God, it's going to change your life. Even though you've already tried everything, it's the best thing in the world. It's like, okay. <laughs> I've, I've heard that song before, but I get these giant, just like four enormous red light and near infrared panels, like maybe three or four years ago at this point. And uh, I'm just like, let me get this straight. You just stand in front of this and your mitochondria works better and you recover faster and your muscles won't hurt and your skin yeah. gets better. And blah, blah, blah. It I'm sounds like, too oh, good goodness. to be true. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, whatever. But at the time I had basically, it got too icy where we were living at the time in Colorado to run. And I love running, especially the hills through the mountains, but don't do it if it's too icy. So I was after many months off, I was getting back into it and I, I'd just done a hard run or two. And it was, and so I got it right around that time. And I know how sore I get when I get back into training. And I think a lot of people do. It's rough. And standing in front of that, you know, for seven or 10 minutes per side, less than 20 minutes, maybe even less than 15 minutes total, I would do that a few times a week. And good God, it really changed my recovery, my sleep. I think my skin did get better and all those things that I mentioned. Not that it's going to totally change everything in your life, but it's been an exceptionally powerful tool that I 
continuously have been using pretty much ever since then, almost daily, not just in the form of giant expensive panels, thankfully, but now a lot of these smaller devices that are bendable or you can wear while you're working out that only cost a few hundred dollars or even less in some cases, instead of thousands and thousands of dollars built by NASA and, you know, by all these aerospace engineers. It's, it's really great how a lot of this stuff really, if, if you are interested, you can start playing around with it with not too much money. And that's exciting to me. Yeah, that is cool. How long do you use it to, to see the benefits? What's your recommendation there? Yeah, if you're doing general exercise or just working, we're all sore, right? Like we're all, we all have points where we're locked up or previous injuries. For me um, and my wife, it's a lot of just spine and neck stiffness. Okay. So standing in front of it with your back against it. Or we also have a small device called the Flex Beam that used pulse. It, basically, it's red light and near infrared at different wavelengths that are also pulsed at different wavelengths throughout the treatment session. And that is really incredible stuff for reducing inflammation, helping just even just the heat coming off of it, warming up the muscles is, is really a pleasant thing. And so a few times a week, I tend to see it like sunlight. And in many ways, it is a proxy for sunlight, but not the tanning bed portion of the sunlight spectrum. So it's almost like the good snuggly warm part of the sun without without the bright brittle <laughs> crack your and burn your skin type yeah. tanning bed situation so it's uh on recording days like today for example and on the days where i want to be working hard or really productive standing in front of it for 10 or 15 minutes just five seven minutes aside maybe a little bit longer just because it feels good or i'm doing qigong or, or meditating or whatever that is plenty, kind of like with sunlight, you don't need more. And in fact, if you do too much, then it can be have a detrimental effect. Not, not anything like dangerous, but it more just like negates the good parts of what you're doing. So just a dab will do you. Like with sunlight, with, with fresh air and a lot of these things, it's amazing what just a little bit like, even if you just do five minutes of walking a day versus no walking, the difference is fantastic. And another big piece of this too, growing up, uh, and spending most of my early life in the Northeast and a lot of people who live up North, they don't get enough sun. And that was a big problem for people in my family and, and mood disorders and seasonal affective disorder are, are really, for some people, they can be a crippling thing. So much so that many people I know have literally moved South, including partially me to help <laughs> remedy that. But using red light is something that can help get you through a hard winter. Now you won't tan from it, but it does give you a lot of the goodness that the, that you're missing from the sun. It can help you, whatever those blues that you get, uh, it helps mitigate that for me and a lot of people I've known and worked with. It's one of those things, even if you're having a bad day, it can help you feel better. And it's totally yeah. N equals one, but there are some things scientifically that also support a lot of this. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I I live in Pittsburgh, which is not, I mean... It's not, not the sunny. sunniest it's place. Not in the, no, no. So I can attest to that. Through the winter months, it's a great tool. Or just cloudy days. You're in, or if you're not even, if it's not an outside thing, we a lot of us have inside jobs where yep. even if it is sunny, you're not outside. And so even if you're in Miami, you can get benefits from this as well. Supermush is the world's best superfood mouth spray. They've created the easiest and most effective way to get your daily dose of energy, immunity, and chill. 
These mouth sprays are one of the most effective ways to ingest supplements and have the fastest absorption rates so you can feel the effects immediately. They have what's called the Daily Energy Mouth Spray. It's formulated with cordyceps, lion's mane, rhodiola, and green tea, some of the best science-backed ways to support your energy levels for a smooth, clean burst of energy. And the flavor is tangerine crush. So freaking good. It's a great caffeine replacement. So you don't get the jitters that you get from tons of caffeine. All you have to do is use four to eight sprays instead of coffee before the gym or when you're working late or have that little lull of energy in the afternoon. It's a great pick-me-up. They also have what's called the Daily Chill Mouth Spray. It's formulated with ashwagandha, reishi, lion's mane, and lavender for reduced stress and restful sleep. And the flavor is hibiscus dream. It's a great prescription sleep aid replacement. Again, just four to eight sprays before bed, before a flight, a yoga class, or after a stressful day. And they also have the Daily Immunity Mouth Spray. It's formulated with turkey tail, reishi, ginger, and vanilla to protect your cellular health and keep your immune system strong. The flavor, cinnamon toast. (laughs) You can get $10 off your first order at supermush.com with code WILLCOLE. Again, that's code WILLCOLE for $10 off at supermush.com. Use daily to optimize your health. There is a product out there that people are calling nature's super fuel in a bottle. The fourth macronutrient, and the Times even called it the drink of dreams. The Atlantic quoted it as the most incredible surge of positive energy. It's better than caffeine. It's better than sugar. I want to introduce you to the world's best kept secret. Want to know what it is? It's called Ketone IQ. Ketone IQ delivers a clean focus boost of energy. It's a competitive edge your brain and body will thank you for. It's clinically proven to boost mental clarity, to increase endurance, recovery, and so much more. I use this all the time. My patients honestly love it. We bring it into patients' protocols at my functional medicine telehealth center. If I have a little lull of energy in the afternoon or if I know I'm going to have a late night, Ketone IQ is a game changer for sustained energy. There's no jitters. You don't feel like wired like you get from caffeine. It's just clean brain fuel. Love it so freaking much. And so do my patients. All you have to do is go to ketone-iq.com. Use promo code WillCole at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's ketone-iq.com, promo code WillCole, or the next 100 people to visit ketone-iq.com. Use promo code WillCole at checkout to save 20% off. Again, that's ketone-iq.com, promo code WillCole. And if you haven't checked out the episode with the CEO and founder of HVMN who makes Ketone IQ, Michael Brandt, it's a great episode. Go back and listen to it right now. One other biohack that I I know you experimented with and I want to hear your thoughts on is PEMF technology. Can you define that for people that are newer to it and what was your experience with it? So pulsed electromagnetic field therapy is a PEMF is similar to light therapy, but in a different spectrum is the way that I think about it. So it's uh, invisible. You don't get to see this one, but there are many frequencies that uh, people are becoming more aware of that are extremely negative put off by our devices in the form of light as well as invisible just radiation of of so many different kinds. So we know that that sort of radiation that's out of alignment with our biology and with nature can be detrimental for us, for animals, even for plants and a lot of just living things. On the opposite side, we know that nature 
has a series of natural rhythms and cycles. And the earth itself, in fact, puts off and even the stars and all sorts of things put off these different cycles and and its own sort of low level radiation that our bodies sync up to. And our circadian rhythm is extraordinarily important to our health and to sleep and all the rest of this. Mm -hmm. And so I became really interested in grounding more than 10 years ago and have been doing that ever since, but unintentionally way before that as well, which is basically the low tech free way of doing it is getting your feet or a part of your skin to touch the actual earth, the sand, the soil, not a piece of rubber or not a piece of wood or an insulating barrier, but actually exchanging electrons with the earth. This is something that can basically help relieve you of a lot of these pent up bits of, of cycles of radiation that have been put off by all these devices, your body almost like accumulates a lot of this in, in the form of physiological stress. You, that's why you go and you walk in the sunshine on a sandy beach or, or through the woods and you dip your, your toes in the water, whatever it is, it feels good. And there are so many different reasons for that, but that's one of them. So that's the natural piece of this. And then if you want to biohack it and experiment, then there are all sorts of different devices, these PEMF devices that will put off these. Sometimes you can program the different types of magnetic fields that they're putting it off. But basically, it's a device that you plug in that has a magnet on it that oftentimes you can program or, or have run different programs that will mimic the healing cycles put off by nature in different frequencies and, and cycles. And as a musician, I'm, I'm especially fascinated by a lot of this because what music is really is entrainment almost like hypnotizing with sound. And in a lot of ways, that's what happens with electromagnetic radiation that's put off as well. We tend to, you know, in the same way that if you're walking down the street and you hear like a beat, you start walking, or at least I do, you start walking with that rhythm. Our bodies kind of lock in with these different types of cycles that it's hearing in so many different ways. And so PEMF is one of those things that's interesting to play with it seems to me that it has helped with sleep and recovery. The devices are hit or miss. They can be really expensive. Some of them that go directly on your body can be really helpful. Even just passive magnets that are aligned in quadrants and, and specific ways can be really helpful as well. I've found for recovery, reducing pain, once again, in the neck, areas of the arm, the hands, pieces of the nervous system that are over firing. Sometimes it can help calm those down, kind of get it to sink in with a less stressed out, buzzy type frequency. So anyway, that's, that's a very long winded and tangential way of explaining <laughs> something that that's is great. kind of obtuse anyway. It, it's, it's one of those things exactly. that even the people who have been studying it for many decades, they're still, I, they're like, I don't know for sure. I think it's working. You know, <laughs> it's been my experience anyway. I agree. I've seen great success with it as well. I have a mat that it's a combo infrared heat with the PMF. So I've, I feel yeah. like I get like the combo benefits of both of those, which is some similarities, right? And in, in what they're doing for the body. Well, thank you for giving us the rundown of your feedback on these experiments that you've done. I'd like to talk a little bit about now something that is not talked about enough, and I really would like to, to, to shed some light on this, that you and your wife really almost died from carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. And I see so many chronic illnesses out there, and these underlying toxins can really be an under, underlying saboteur to different health problems. So we talked about mold, Car other toxins like carbon monoxide can be other issues to consider for some people. So what was your experience with that? 
oof, it was really brutal and definitely a close call for my wife, for me and our dog as well. We started getting symptoms and we didn't know exactly what it was, but then it happened all at once after that. So it kind of started small and a little subtle. And that's usually what happens with people. But a lot of people are familiar with, or they've seen in a movie, you know, people dying unintentionally or intentionally from having a car or an engine running in an enclosed space like a garage. But what even I didn't have enough appreciation for before all of this happened, which now thankfully was almost three years ago. So we've had a chance to recover, but any engine or anything that's running on gas, you need to pay attention to pretty much at all times, or you need to have sensors monitoring the situation at, at all times. And by law, that is the case. And with a lot of these rental houses, and we were in a rental house and Airbnbs, people have gotten poisoned to death by carbon monoxide overnight, because basically what happens is you can't smell it. Uh, it's invisible, but it makes you feel sleepy and a little bit out of it. And so you just kind of start feeling dizzy and you want to lay down and you go to sleep. And then for some people, if it's high enough, if it keeps off gassing or accumulating, it causes people to suffocate and die because it is absorbed into the body and into your cells more readily than oxygen is. So the carbon monoxide basically goes in there and kills your cells straight up. And it's something it, where if you have just a little bit of it, it's okay. And your body can recover. You might get a little headache or a little, you know, a little sleepy or a little dizzy, something like that. But at, at the more extreme ends, there are convulsions and, and wounds don't heal, infections can start taking over, or you can just flat out die really quickly. So anyway, what happened and what I would encourage everyone to check their own living situation, pretty much anywhere you're going to sleep, whether it's an RV, a boat, rental house, motel, by law, once again, every one of these places that you are paying money to should have figured this out. And it's against the law for them to rent you these places without carbon monoxide and smoke detectors installed. But they do it all the time and they did it to us. And it's one of those things where it just it still happens all the time. People die all the time, even though it's against the law. So anyway, you can't just think that that box is checked. On the positive side of all of this, if you do spend the 15 or 20 bucks, maybe 30 bucks to have the carbon monoxide and, and probably combined with a smoke detector because they come combined in most units at this point. If you're willing to do that or even travel with one, which is you know what we have been doing ever since, we travel with a whole bunch of different things to test the air because we went down a whole rabbit hole on yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't after that? If you really want to freak out, look at radon and look at, <laughs> look at a lot of these other pollutants that you can't do a whole lot about, especially if you live in a place that's off-gassing them. But anyway, just to try to tie up the carbon monoxide bit, you become extremely ill and it takes a very long time to recover if you ever can, because it basically goes after your nervous system, your heart, your brain, and, and just destroys, obliterates cells. So we got very, very, very ill. But another thing that's important for people to know <laughs> It's really interesting. If you become poisoned or ill close to the point of death, the symptoms really manifest as almost the same thing. It, it looks almost the same. It's like you're dying. <laughs> it's like you're not quite wow. alive and your systems are failing, but it looks kind of the same. So if you are in a position where that's happening to you and your systems are shutting down, like get out of there environmentally is a really important thing to keep in mind because sometimes that it takes away your agency as it's happening to you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes this can happen in moving vehicles, in, in people's cars. And, and basically it happens because an engine is running incorrectly or it's not vented correctly. And so in that house, 
it was the water heater boiler that had not been maintained once again by law. It's supposed to be inspected and all this stuff, but they hadn't kept it up. And so that's often what, what gets people is a failing water heater or, or boiler inside the house or gas appliance. And ever since this happened as well, everybody looked to make sure if you have a gas stove, make sure the vent is actually venting outside because it's incredible how many places we've rented, Airbnbs, even motels and stuff like that, that have completely insufficient venting. It's like a fake vent. It's like an easy bake oven vent. So before you use anything that's a, that's going to be burning, make sure that it's all cleaned out, that you're protected and you've spent the few bucks for fresh batteries to make sure that you and your family yeah. don't your sleep. I don't want to make anyone paranoid, but I'm paranoid now. You know? <laughs> but at least do your due diligence, just basic stuff, especially if you're spending yeah. a lot of time in a home or an apartment, et cetera, or a workplace. What were your symptoms? What, what did you and your wife experience? Sleepiness, dizziness at the lower end, and then like loss of balance and the inability to speak in full coherent sentences would start. So mood changes and just kind of a feel affected like all almost like the bad parts of drinking without the good parts it okay. was just straight to the hangover but also at, at the higher end convulsions were something that you know couldn't be denied and and were one of the things that's like okay we have to get out now you know and you had no idea at this point what did you think was happening when you both started having these symptoms and how long was that going on yeah, it started with a few days. And for me, I'm allergic to pretty much every antibiotic out there. It's one of the reasons I started out my podcast and I'm so obsessed about health is because I kind of have to be. And so the concerning thing was that, well, th so the water heater broke, it started working intermittently and the guy was coming over and they weren't really fixing it. And so like every time they, they tried to boot it back up, it was kicking out more carbon monoxide and off gassing more. We didn't know this at the time, but so over the course of those days, where it was like half broken, like all these little, you know, I get nicks on my hand all the time because I'll be like chopping wood outside or just like moving music gear around, you know, all these little nicks and scratches. Normally it's, they just heal right away. You know, it's no, no problem. They were not healing. In fact, they started festering and they started getting infected noticeably at different parts of my body. So like wound healing stopped happening. Mm. And, and that happened to my, my wife as well. The headaches, kind of nausea, our dog, almost didn't recognize us. She started barking at us and getting angry. Like she didn't know who we were, didn't know where to go or like how to jump into the truck sometimes. So it was just like all this stuff where we're like, what is going on? This is oh a, the worst thing ever. But you know, I don't remember hardly any mention of carbon monoxide in my whole, I went to an Ivy league college, you know, it's like I graduated a, a really what they would like to think is a prestigious high school as well. I did first aid and all these different things. And carbon monoxide is really brought up totally in passing. But if you look at the statistics and the data, it kills so many people. Even if it doesn't kill you, then it impairs you. And a lot of people don't realize that they're impaired all the time when they're at home because there's always like a slight bit of carbon monoxide in the apartment or it's mm -hmm. not vented correctly and the, the heating unit isn't running right. And so if you're always at home, then you, or you're always in at a place of work where this is happening, you might not notice that it's happening. Right. That's also true with mold. You don't notice oftentimes that you have a serious problem until you leave and you feel better. And you're, so if you ever notice that with your living environment, that mm -hmm. is 
an exceptionally important cue that something's going on. And there are so many different, it could be airborne pesticides from the agriculture down the road. It could be off gassing paints. It could be like a concrete truck running right outside the window on the other yeah. side of the house. That's just vented in. It's something that we don't have enough education about, but once you do, you can have some fun with it. You can geek out about it and put your you know safety hat on, especially if you have kids, it's worth it. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. It's one of the questions that we ask on an application when I'm consulting patients online is, do you feel better whenever you change locations, whenever you go on vacation or you're out of the house for a couple of days or out of your work for a couple of days? That's a pointer, right? To at least see, could that could you be living in a sick building no matter what it is? Big time. So how did you detox? Obviously removing the source and leaving it, but what were some of the needle movers for you to start healing? One thing that I hadn't done a whole lot of, or my wife, before that was IV therapy with different nutrients like glutathione and magnesium. And it was a whole cocktail that we both got. But that was one thing that really we noticed brought us back to life. And and it really sounds bizarre. And it is bizarre when you think about it, (laughs) taking vitamins through your veins, just like, (laughs) it's kind of a weird setup and a strange deal. And that's probably one of the reasons that I never really did it, but especially when you were at that level of low, just rock bottom, I had n- we had never been sicker in our lives. And so that made it especially noticeable <laughs> how effective some of these things can be, just like magnesium to help you sleep, taking a little kava to help the nervous system calm down here and there instead of alcohol, right? Like, so that was one thing that we did was not poison the body more with anything. <laughs> that was like number one. Yeah, No booze for a long time. Like we've gone more than a year without booze multiple times. And that was one of the times where it's like no booze and no, you know, we stayed away from bad foods. Our tastes went away for a while and changed. And so we tried to double down on that. And uh, I did a couple extended fasts, which seemed to be helpful, but (laughs) those nutrients would wear off. It was one of those things where it bring you back to life and you could visibly see it on our faces. We took like before and after pictures, before and after the glutathione and magnesium and the other cocktails. And it was like, good gracious, that's doing something. And, mm-hmm. and we certainly felt it, especially from those just feeling so awful, but it wore off by like the next day or within a couple of days. So we did that for a few, a couple months. Yeah. Many, many weeks. We did that a few times a week and that seemed extremely helpful. We did mineral soaks and mineral baths and a lot, you know, here in Colorado, there are a whole lot of those. And so we went to different hot soaking pools. Some of them have geothermal water from thousands of feet down with different sorts of constituents of trace minerals. And so we learned that some of those are, are really great and this feel a whole lot better and others gave us horrible headaches and made us feel way worse because arsenic can be really high and, you right. know, so, and, or your body might not agree with all the sulfates that are in one particular spot. So that was another piece, really sweating it all out, drinking lots of water over a long period of time, spirulina, chlorella, activated charcoal, some binders, bentonite clay and NAC, or just bags of supplements, trying all sorts of different things to help ourselves feel better. And and one of the biggest things that I'll pass along to people who have really been run over by a truck in one way or another, if your nervous system is involved, like with a concussion or carbon monoxide poisoning or something else that really takes you down, if you try to come back and go back to work or push it too quickly, it's going to set you back. And so that was one thing that, that we both learned pretty hard is as much 
as much as we had to do and as many balls as were being dropped, you know, it's just like all these spinning plates, running businesses and trying to coach people and all this stuff, just all of it fell down when we did. And that was, so have the grace to give yourself a little bit of time and forgiveness and acceptance when you have to take time off, when you really have to, then don't try to push it because it's just going to make you take more time off. And that's a really bad combo. And we have to be, we have to let our ego take that hit sometimes, I guess. Yeah, man, priceless information. Thank you for sharing that. All right, my friend, as you know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well, which we've been talking about this, but this point of the podcast is more pointed. This is Abel James, Art of Being Well. Just specific things I want to ask you, your favorite things, First question is, you're stuck on a desert island. I'm really curious about your answer here. You're stuck on a desert island talking about nutrient density and survival. You have one food and one food only. What's that food? Probably coconut. That's what I would say. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you think of the electrolytes in the coconut from the water plus the meat in it, the fats, the protein, it's everything. Hydration. It's got a lot going on. It's, It's one of those super special Things like <laughs> when I go out on runs out here in like the desert Southwest, I can't imagine finding an avocado. Can you imagine finding that much fat all in one place, all in just one big old hunk? Because nature isn't usually like that. So I think coconut is one of just God's gifts because it's it's got so much going on and it can be used topically, can be used, you know, as something that can really help you in a survival scenario. It can be used to, to moisturize chapped hands like I have right now. And just, it's, it's amazing how many things you can do with coconut in all of its various forms. So yeah, I think we have a clear winner there. Yeah, for sure. All right. Completely opposite side of the spectrum, purely on taste alone and deliciousness, like health benefits aside, you had to eat one food for the rest of your life. What's, what's that food for you? Pizza, but that might be it. I don't know. You can do pizza so many different ways. Maybe all the types of pizza, but no pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm a, pi- I'm a pineapple own. guy on my pizza. I know my wife is too. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, attack you for it. <laughs> the past, I think it's a travesty deep down. <laughs> also, I will admit a little bit of ham, a little bit of pineapple at the right time. <laughs> not on a know, pizza? Done the right way. Not, yeah, yeah. On the pizza, done the right way. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world. I've it's- just... I think I had the soggy version too many times in high school or something. And so there's no coming back. from that. I've never, never did it. And then my wife turned me on to it. I'm like, wow, this is pretty nice. Like the sweet, salty, sweet, savory thing. I, I got into it. I think you could do it right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for you personally? You may have said them already, but what are they? Maybe so. But, you know, like getting... <laughs> getting shot up with nutrients isn't something that's accessible for most people. And uh, it gets pricey over time. I think the value actually is pretty exceptional as far as health things go. And if you have the resources, it's a good thing to try out. But uh, on a day-to-day basis, and especially for bang for your buck, looking at higher doses of vitamin D with the cofactors is definitely probably the number one for me and and everyone I talk to, because it's just one of those no brainers, but because everyone's just like, Oh yeah, I should take vitamin D. That's why I don't have to take it. Cause I know I have to take it. You know, it's like one of those things where you just like brush it aside because it's so obvious. Yeah. But uh, boom, that is a giant one. And I would say omegas as well, especially out here being landlocked for many years now, we don't really have much fresh 
fish. And so we don't eat much fish, but the benefits of fish oil and omegas are well known and well documented. And so that's something that I pretty much take every day as well. So I would add that and I would say vitamin D with the cofactors as well as omegas probably from a fish. Got it. What's the spiritual practice or a mindfulness tool that, that has helped you the most personally? Silence. Hmm. I think a lot of people are afraid of it, but you learn that there's a lot to listen to, especially if you can do silence in nature, because it's a different deal. If you're listening to ambulances every five to 15 minutes, that's not silence. And so if you want a, you know, a quick hack of a way of doing it is anyone who's watching this, take your headphones and just put them on, but don't play anything on them. You know, If you have headphones or earbuds that can soften what's going on outside a little bit, that helps your nervous system calm down. A lot of times... The, the odd thing is when we're in that state of constantly scrolling for the next YouTube video or thing on our phones, it's like, that's when we need silence mm -hmm. the most. And that's when we want it the least. So the next time you find yourself just like, oh my God, there's nothing to watch. There's nothing to see. And you're just like scrolling and scrolling, scrolling, like take a deep breath, put your device down and then maybe close your eyes or put your, your earmuffs on for just a few breaths. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. Just do mm -hmm. that for a little bit. And you'll find that you're in a totally different headspace after just a little bit. You don't have to do any mantras if you don't want to. You don't have to fire up an app and listen to calming music. You can if you want to. Some of those things can be really useful. But just like try to make it low tech. Because when, like I said, when you need to do those things, you don't want to. And if there's any sort of like barrier for yourself, if you have to lace up your sneakers, you're not going to do it, right? So like make yeah. it easy on yourself. That's a great advice. All right, next question is... As far as physical activity, exercise, what's your favorite way to, to sweat? I think I would have to say trail running because it doesn't feel, it feels the closest to like being a kid and playing as I ever get, just jumping yeah. around out there. But anyone who wants to go for a walk as well, like when I was in Texas, a walk is enough to get me sweating down there. So that's fine too, just like going for a little walk, even if you don't have a dog, pretend that you do, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. What's the weirdest wellness thing you've ever done that you're comfortable with sharing? <laughs> the weirdest. Man, there have been a lot. And weird is a matter of perspective, especially That's, in our community. Oh, right? totally. It's completely <laughs> subjective. But <laughs> let's see. I'd say coffee enema was probably the weirdest which, you know, I'm glad I tried, but I don't need to include as part of my regular regimen, I decided. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a great tool. I've, see, I've seen it help people. But yeah, not for everybody. Not everybody needs to do it for sure. Right. All right. Last question, my friend. We're going to talk about your books in a, in a moment. But what for you personally, what has a book that you've read in the past year that's been the biggest inspiration for you or got you thinking in a new way? This is one that I go back and reread from time to time. It's by Kenny Werner, and it's actually a book about music, but it's about everything also, one of those types of things, where it's called Effortless Mastery. And what it teaches is that a lot of people who are virtuosos or child prodigies that you would think would be, they would completely have it together, especially if they're about to walk on stage, are a mental and physical mess. And a lot of times that will only get worse over the course of their careers. Even though their skills are getting better, 
they just become head cases over time. And I can relate to this too. Anyone who's been showing up to Zoom meetings or been on camera like constantly for the past two years straight, I think can relate to this. You don't realize that your body is being conditioned and your nervous system and physiology are being conditioned to be in that state of a head case or about to have a panic attack or conniption fit when you walk up because it's like, oh my God, the, the camera's about to go on. Is my, is my hair right? Do I have a booger on my nose? And just like all this stuff. Same thing when people walk up to their piano, right? And and they've it's like, oh my God, I'm a child prodigy and I won all these piano awards. And so how am I not going to, so what if I make a mistake? So anyway, effortless mastery helps People learn that that's a problem, number one. Learn that you're walking up to your instrument, not with love in a state of calm serenity where you can actually channel spirit or source or God and do some sort of, you know, magnificent performance. No, no, no. It's like if you're walking up and about to have a panic attack before you walk on stage or before you do a Zoom call or before you write an email or whatever it is, then there's a way to address that. So notice that that is a problem that we all have and can develop over time, no matter what your skills look like or your level of achievement or not. And then work on training your body to be in that calm, serene state before you do your work. So anyway, that takes a lot of practice and a lot of time to do that with different aspects of your life. But I would encourage everyone to explore that concept further because especially after the pattern interrupt of shutting everything down intermittently over the past while a lot of us, including myself, have let our good habits slide. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to reinstall those and be really clear with yourself about like how you're showing up. Ah, that sounds great. I have to check that out. My friend, this has been such an awesome conversation. I really appreciate it. You have two amazing, your latest books. Thank you for sending them to me. They're great reads. Very different books too. So tell people about both of them and then where they can get plugged into your work. Sure. So The Wild Diet is probably more the book that people are expecting, which is a combination cookbook and also just kind of a narrative journey that that brings you through the principles of health as I see them. And, and so it's one of those books that people still, even though it was written, geez, seven years ago now or so, a lot of people still write me all the time. And they're just like, I just made your pancakes and your pumpkin pie for this season. And it's like always a hit with the family. And I'm just, oh my God, I love that. And then the other one is called Designer Babies Still Get Scabies. And I released that pre-pandemic. And one person who has a quote at the front of the book said, he later said that this read in 2019, like, like complete fiction, and by 2020, <laughs> it reads like nonfiction. <laughs> so it's one of those. It's a very strange book of poetry and satire that not everyone will like, but those who enjoy it so far have really enjoyed it. <laughs> I love it. I love both. We'll put the links in the show notes for people to check them both out. And where can awesome. people go to learn more about you, get connected with you on social, website, all the stuff? Yeah, easiest place to find me is going to be fatburningman.com. And you can find all the podcasts there. And then for music and other bits of strange nonsense, you can always check out ablejames.com. Nice, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. 
Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Nikki. Nikki asks, I want to use, as you say, my meals as my medicine more intentionally. What are some healthy plant foods that as a woman I should be focusing on? Great question. Let me just say this. I mean, I think most Americans, most people living in a Western country could benefit from eating more plant foods as a general rule, like more fruits and vegetables uh, and less of refined processed, high refined sugar, high refined carbohydrate foods. Um, So let's just maybe have a flexibility there. Um, But if you want to talk about some newer research and specific things that women can focus on, there's a study recently published out of, I believe it was the University of Georgia, I forget what, I think it was Nutritional Neuroscience. It was the medical journal. And they were really looking at women and ways that women can bring food in their life to support their health. Because as we know, women tend to live longer than men, but typically, sadly, they have higher rates of illnesses many times. And this research out of University of Georgia in the Nutritional Neuroscience Journal, they were really looking at these foods that were higher in pigmented carotenoids, which I'll talk about what those are in a minute. But basically, bright colored fruits and vegetables are specifically important in preventing eyesight decline and brain cognitive, which is why I was reading the study looking at brain health. A lot of my patients are looking to optimize brain health and they're struggling with things like fatigue and brain fog. And this kind of science is very exciting. And I want to show patients, don't just do it because this guy's telling you to do it. (laughs) Look at the exciting science around it. And obviously use your life as a lab, use your life as your own N of one experiment and just experience the change when you implement nutrient density in your life. The study reviewed and analyzed data from previous studies looking at neurodegenerative conditions, also looking at autoimmune conditions, which many of my patients have. Because if you look at this, autoimmune diseases specifically, women account for nearly 80% of autoimmune diseases in the world. That is shocking. And that is definitely what I see clinically with patients. So because of this vulnerability to different autoimmune inflammation issues, women definitely need to take extra care for their body, no matter where they're at on the inflammation spectrum, whether they're struggling with some inflammatory problem or they have a full-blown autoimmune condition that's diagnosed. Let's do what we can to move the needle in the positive direction. And that's what I spend my time doing. Dietary intake of pigmented carotenoids can act as antioxidants for anybody, no matter who you are, but specifically for women that are higher rate, higher risk factors for different autoimmune problems. Two specific carotenoids known as lutein and zeaxanthin. Remember those two names and look at foods that are rich in these, lutein and zeaxanthin. They are found in specific tissues of our brain, our nervous system at large. So anybody that has neuro inflammation issues, brain fog, fatigue, autoimmune issue, someone struggling with anxiety and depression, if somebody's looking, even poor eyesight or other nervous system problems, those two 
compounds, those specific types of antioxidants are really important to improve central nervous system degeneration. And men and women tend to eat about the same of these carotenoids, but the requirements for women are much higher and we need to be paying attention for that. Anybody that's struggling with autoimmune issues, specifically women. So what foods are higher in these specific compounds? Uh, well, let's talk about it. Although lutein and zeaxanthin are responsible for the orange and yellow colors of many fruits and vegetables, actually they're found in greater amounts in dark leafy greens. The chlorophyll in the dark leafy greens actually masks the lutein and zeaxanthin pigments. So you don't see the orange and the yellow in these colors. It looks green, but the dark leafy greens are actually rich with zeaxanthin. And the chlorophyll is very helpful too. So dark leafy greens like kale, cooking the kale if you have digestive problems, it makes the nutrients more bioavailable to have things steamed and sauteed. Remember that. Parsley is another good source. Spinach, same thing. Steaming it down, having it kind of wilted. Even in soups and stews, I prefer dark leafy greens in this form. It breaks down some of the oxalates. It breaks down some of the lectins and phytic acid that can be irritating to some of my patients with autoimmune issues and digestive problems. Uh, Broccoli is another example. Peas are another example. Kale specifically, it's one of the best sources. It has between 40 and 115 micrograms per gram of kale. Again, steaming it, making it more digestible. Carrots are another good source, but also different fruits like honeydew melons, kiwis, which I love kiwis, just eating the kiwi with the skin on it because you're real hardcore when you do that. You know you're in wellness when you do that. <laughs> Red peppers, squash, grapes are also decent sources of lutein and zeaxanthin. Yams are another great source. Watermelon, surprisingly, just think bright orange and red typically, but again, those green, dark leafy greens do have a great amount of lutein and zeaxanthin. They're just blocked by the chlorophyll, so you're not noticing that orange and yellow colors. The co-author of this study said something very eloquent, in my opinion. They said, components of diet influence the brain from things like personality to even our concept of self. Think about that for a moment. They continue to say, I don't think people quite realize what a profound effect diet has on basically who they are, their mood, even their propensity to anger. And now, of course, this is extended to the gut microbiome and the bacteria that make up your gut. All of these components work together to create the building blocks that compose our brain and the neurotransmitters that mediate its use. Beautifully said. Great, great study. Check it out. I'll put the uh, link in at drwillcole.com slash podcast. You can check it out. It, it was, in fact, in Nutritional Neuroscience just recently. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. 
I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. Thank you.